Welcome to the Worship Leader Probs Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy and Mr. Probs. Look, worship leading can be one of the most rewarding areas of church ministry. But it can also feel like... Ah! I'm a worship leader. And I'm a production guy. And these are our problems. Welcome to episode 31 of the Worship Leader Probs Podcast, sponsored by Planning Center Online. What's up, Mr. Props? Not much, my man. What is up with you? You know, just sitting here taping the podcast with you. You jerk. <laughs> so a second ago, I was asking Mr. Probs that uh, on there are certain nights of the week that his wife does a little uh, a little study with some ladies from the community. And uh, when they come over, he goes to the basement. And so... Um, and this is also where he does his podcast. And so he was showing me that it's at, the room is much bigger than what it looks like in our video chats. And he goes, the only reason I ever come down here is to get away from the ladies' Bible study and to tape the podcast. And I was like, oh, tape the podcast. What is this, 1987? <laughs> we need a reel-to-reel, man. Yeah. Now, some of your early records that you did when you were a young buck, were those reel-to-reels? Uh, I, think, I think the first one was, yeah. I think really? the first one was, yeah. The sound oh, yeah. quality is always so good. Have you seen where like, I forget which album from the Foo Fighters, they're like, that's it, none of more of this. So they went in and they did all analog, all tape, and they wow. were literally cutting the tape to put it all together and uh, to finish the record, and it sounded oh, fantastic. It's so good. It's so good. Sometimes the old school is better than the new school, right, dude? Sometimes. Sometimes. You yeah. know, the new school is much more convenient. So do you think... As we are approaching the fifty thousand, because it's 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 I mean it's legit right around the corner. It's it is imminent. When, yeah. So when I say, do you feel like it? Throw me. It might just give all kinds of ideas to people for me to say that you had some records in your past. <laughs> Further being the fire that you're actually Lincoln Brewster. You know, it's so funny. So Longyear was kind of pulling everybody's leg and calling. He kept calling me Andy. And we yeah, kept making jokes awesome. with for him song titles in that episode. Yeah. To, to this day, we get DMs every week where people guess that I'm Andy Chrisman from For Him, who is on staff at Church on the Move in Tulsa. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's not it. I'm sorry. Low, <laughs> lower your expectations. <laughs> or raise them. <laughs> I, you know what? We here's what I need. I would like a bell or some sort of buzzer. Okay. That when I hit it, you sing. Okay. I don't have it yet, but I, I would like to get one maybe for next <laughs> next week. <laughs> well, we were talking beforehand, and here's the deal. We need y'all's help. Like, we legit need y'all's help. So, Mr. Probs, tell them how they can help us. So, here's the deal. It, we get so much encouragement from you about the podcast, and I'm so grateful. That is not lip service. Great That's right. Full. We are full of gratitude. Like when we did this, uh, how can we pray for you this weekend post? I mean, literally every one of you who responded have been prayed over. 100%. And we, 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 we are in it for the long haul with you, but we need your help. So if you're enjoying the podcast, if you've gotten anything out of the podcast, we need you to do a couple of things. We need you to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on hit subscribe and yep. leave us a rating. Okay. Typically we refer to it as a glowing five-star rating. Glowing. Glowing. Like write some glowing. words, 
that that is helping you guys because <laughs> just we're, words. we're just two doinks, man. We are very doinkish. When Longyear is with us, we're two doinks and a very sophisticated senior pastor. 100%. 100%. So, but we're just two guys. Like we're not a company uh, that's in Nashville or whatever. Like we're not, we're not those guys. We're just two guys doing it. We're two guys in the trenches. And this is a movement. This is what it is. It's a movement. And we need your help. We need you to subscribe. We need you to review five stars. We need you to write some words. And we need you to tell people. So here's what, here's what a lot of people have been doing. When they're listening to the podcast, they'll take a screenshot, throw it in their Instagram story and tag us. If you yeah. do that, if you do that, we'll repost it. Okay. If you make a post about the podcast, tag us, we'll repost it in our story. Um, we're going to meet you halfway. So we need yeah. your help. We are going to be 2,400 away followers on Instagram, probably by sometime tonight or early tomorrow. Dang. 2,400. Now, Jeremy, when we started the podcast, do you remember how many followers we had? Uh, 22, 23, uh, right at 24, 25. I don't know. Okay. So we will we'll have more than doubled in over the, the span of the podcast. And so we need Yeesh. to keep that going. And here, 50 is just the next goal. That's right. And it's not all about the numbers, but the numbers help, right? And this particular number, 50,000, we're going to reveal who I am. I've said it just two minutes ago, lower your Raise expectations. Raise your expectations. So, but that's the next goal. So that's going to bring a lot of things uh, into the realm of possibility with video and other things that we can do. So we need your help. We need, we need your help. So subscribe, review, share, talk to your friends, share with your teams. Um, yep. we can, we ought to be able to make this 2,400 up in no time at all. That's right. And just thank you for everything. Um, Absolutely, man. you know, we get a lot of DMS that you're, that we are encouraging you guys. But you guys just have literally know how I how much you guys have encouraged Mr. Probs and I. Um, recently, I experienced the hardest day in ministry I've ever had, mm-hmm. and if it wasn't for some good friends and for this this podcast and this community and the Instagram account, um, God used some of you to reach out and just say, "Hey, I need to. I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you," and you did, and you just don't know what that meant. And so that's 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 what we want to build. Absolutely. You know, we're a community of worship leaders. We are all united under the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have one common goal. And that is to go and to give God glory and point the way to the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. And so, man, we just thankful for you guys. So absolutely. Woo. Absolutely. And so thank you. Thank you for doing that. We were grateful for that. Um, we've got this continuing partnership with planning center online. They are the greatest thing since, as we used to say back in the day, the greatest things since sliced white bread. <laughs> uh, they are the greatest. And what are they? The based. There it is. There it is. So, uh, hey, they've got Planning Center University out, which is free online training for all of their apps. And if you don't know about all of their apps, you need to dig into that because there are there are a lot of them. They can help with financials and uh, database management and uh, children's ministry and all of the various needs that churches have. So check out Planning Center University. You can check our Instagram feed. Uh, we post about it often. Speaking of checking things out, I am so excited 
this afternoon, my wife and I, and our worship pastor and his wife, we're all going to see Aladdin. Ooh. And you best believe, so like Aladdin came out like when I was a kid, like saw Aladdin in the theater. So, and Aladdin was also the very first video game I ever beat from top to bottom. Like I never could beat Mario or anything like that, but I beat Aladdin on the Sega Genesis. Whoa. Yeah. So you better believe that when I get in there, I'm going to be singing at the top of my lungs. <laughs> Dusty Smith, this is for you. A whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. <laughs> I wish they could see the visuals, man. <laughs> So oh, I'm Dusty, so thank excited. you. Dusty, keep sending requests in, man. <laughs> Does my heart good. I need the bell. It would be like, ding. A whole new world. That's what I'm looking for right there. That's what I'm looking for. Another time and another place. <laughs> Call me Sandy. <laughs> At Jeremy Van Valkenberg on Insta. Let's go, Sandy Patty. We'll be besties. Oh, my Lord. Well, my man. Hey, um, worship the Probs Nation. Like we we don't know what's going on. Are there no MVPs left? We haven't been hearing from you guys. Yeah, we and that that is that that was like the very first idea we had for the podcast. It was, and yeah. so we want to shine a light on what you're doing. We want to 100%. honor you. We want to thank you. We want to bless you. So allow us to bless you. Yeah. So here's the deal. Typically, Mister Probs and I were the doinks. But I'm going to be honest, right now, you guys are being doinks by not sending in your MVPs. It's They're quite doinkish. We, we need... Come on, nation. We need you. But you know what we do have today, Mr. Probs? What? Prayer concerns. Each week on the Worship Leader Probs podcast. Are you serious right now? I, I think so. I think, I think so. Okay, hold on. All right. I got to ramp that back up again, but there's a lot of them, and I just got so excited. All right. You ready? Here we go again. Each week on the Worship Leader Props podcast, we like to take all of the comments that you get on your connection cards in your church, and we like to read them because so many times um, we're asking people, hey, how can we pray for you? But unfortunately, they tell us there's no toilet paper left in the bathroom. It's too loud. Why'd you paint the, co- the colors of the wall like that? And so um, it's been funny because people have been like quoting us back to us when they when they see like DMs of like, hey, thanks for putting that up. It made my world feel not quite so small and stuff like that. And so that's why we're doing it. We're not trying to make fun of anybody, but it's just, it kind of helps to know that you're not quite as alone as you thought you were. Like for instance, we got a DM today when I was uh, man in the account of somebody who was like, you ever had somebody unplug a light in the middle of service? And I'm like, well, yes, I have. I've yes, had the entire rig shut down by a bass player. <laughs> twice you know and it just meant the world to them to go wow that's not just me then so all right mr probs if i read your mouth right we have 10 prayer concerns let's go i think so i think we do i think we do i feel like i need to do some jumping jacks to get ready but let's go (laughs) that's a lot of pudding okay number one so this is a worship pastor he says we uh we close our service every week with a song and at the end of the song, the congregation is blessed and dismissed. We usually play a song as the congregation is leaving at the end, which, and then we circle up to discuss how, what we think went well and what we could improve on. This week, I decided to not do that and dismiss the team. As I'm milling about the church, one older lady says to me, quote, 
It's good to see you mingle with us. I know you normally blockade us out at the end of worship. (laughs) And I responded, well, it's a chance for us to talk about what we did well and what we can do better for next time. And she responded, oh, you don't need to do that. We'll let you know what you need to fix. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Oh, family, family, family. Um, Okay, number two. My youth pastor at my old church was told, you're doing too good of a job, and it's not fair for the person who's going to take your spot. (laughs) We'd really all appreciate it if you could just bring it down a few notches because (laughs) you're just going to make it impossible for the next one. So if you could only use 60% of your gifting, that would be... (laughs) So convenient for the rest of us. <laughs> the next guy would just be really grateful. Yeah. Number three, this lady in our church told me if my guitar went missing, it was because she stole it and hung it up in her bedroom. <laughs> that sounds like the plot to a horror movie. <laughs> it does. Yeah. What was the oh, what was the movie uh with Kathy Bates where she she kidnaps Mis- the writer. Misery. Misery. Yeah. The worship leader edition. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That Dude, was when fun. she when he when she beats his feet so he can't leave. Oh, hobbling. Hobbling. That was oh bad. My. So mm. bad. So bad. Yeah. All right, number four. Do you wait real quick? Do you watch right. scary movies? Oh yeah. So really? I mean I can't do it, dude. Yeah. So you can't I can't do it. No. It, I don't go like for like violently awful, you know what I mean? But like psychological thrillers and stuff like oh yeah man fun fact about mrs probs that's her favorite genre seriously oh yeah man she loves it fun fun fact about your boy i still can't watch et because it scares me wait you you didn't just say you can't watch et i can't watch et dude that movie scared the crap out of me when i was a kid that in the wizard of oz i whoa when i was a kid that used to scare me so bad I, so I don't do scary movies, dude. I, wow. I've sat through some weird spiritual things, and I'm just like, some of that stuff's like legit. So why would I go and just like expose myself to that? Dude, that's brutal. Yep. All right, next one. Our church has communion every Sunday, and we play instrumental music during it. <laughs> A lady once asked me right before the service, are you going to play that spa music again? I just hate that. <laughs> they play in the music (laughs) like when you're sitting at chick-fil-a and you're like what is that terrible elevator music and then all of a sudden you hear it's like it's like uh, the voice of truth or something like that but it's like you know but it's done with like a mellophone or a xylophone or something like yeah all right next one i once had a guy come up and say i don't know why you keep your shirt unbuttoned maybe you're too fat to button it i don't know but it just looks terrible Oh, come on, oh fam. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Come on, fam. All right, the next one. You guys sound okay, but the only way you take us to the holy holies. Sorry, I need to, I can't, I can't even make it through. You guys sound okay, <laughs> but the only way you can take us to the holy holies. <laughs> I'm just watching what? you try. You're turning that? redder and redder as you're trying to get through it. 
<laughs> okay, one more time, one more try. Okay, here we go. You guys sound okay, but the only way you can take us to the Holy of Holies is with dance. Also, <laughs> you should do less weird music and more elevation. Gosh. All right, next one. Okay. I can see your knees peeking out underneath the keyboard. Please cover them. <laughs> I can see your knees. Oh my lord. Oh, please tell me that was a Mennonite church. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. Next one. Oh. Literally today, had one complaining that, quote, she's too young, just a little girl, and she's leading us. What does she know about leading people? I'm 28. I realize that is young, but the kicker is that I've been in this position for seven years. But now I'm too young. What was I when I was 24, 21? Oh, my gosh. People. Oh, fam. Next one. Fam. Next one. I'm a sound tech and, and got the worship leader is too whiny. <laughs> we we can be a little whining by the way. well yeah okay last one in this smorgasbord of prayer concerns cornucopia cornucopia yes a woman came to the counter to complain to me that the woman in front of her was worshiping quote too hard and had her hands up so much that she couldn't see the words on the screen. She went on to say that she felt like she couldn't connect with the Lord that day because of the other woman. <laughs> she went too hard. <laughs> she was going too hard. Oh my gosh. Oh, well that just literally made my day. <laughs> Maybe not as much as Aladdin's about to. Gotta eat to live. Gotta live to eat. Tell you all about it when I got the time. <laughs> What is the one, Mr. Aladdin, sir? Answer would be your pleasure, be. Oh, yeah, man. That's a good I'm that's so good excited. Uh, dude, I, you now you want to see it, don't you? Like me. <laughs> um, hey, fam, thank you so much for sending in your prayer concerns. It's literally the highlight of the week, I think. It just makes me laugh and it makes me smile. And watching Mr. Probs try to get through them <laughs> as his face turns redder and redder, it's just, it's worth every moment of it. And so, here's hey, the thing I've read them all before. Oh, like, really? Of all the ones that we get, like I, I try to, you know, pick them out and I kind of sequence them and all that stuff. So yeah. it's not like I'm reading them for the first time and I still can't get through them. That's fantastic. So I'm dying. I, I feel like prayer concerns need to have like a warning at the beginning. Warning. If you're prone to laughter, you may want to pull over right now. <laughs> but hey, if you would like to send in your prayer concerns and we would read them on the air, all you got to do is go to info at worshipleaderprobs and you can send us an email. So it's info at worshipleaderprobs.com for the email. Or you can go to www.worshipleaderprobs.com and click on the MVP page. And from there, you can send us in a, a uh, prayer concern. And our, our commitment to you is we will never read your name or your church's name on the air. So that way you will be fully anonymous. So thank you so much for sending them in and for making our worlds just a little bit smaller. Well, Mr. Probs, soon and very soon, we're going to be getting into our interview with Kim Walker Smith. But I first, can't believe, I can't believe it. I, it, that, it was an amazing experience. But first, let's get into sliding into the DMs. 
Each week on the Worship Leader Pros podcast, we get tons and tons of DMs and questions from you guys. And and uh, so we always say say to you guys, thank you so much for trusting us. Uh, there's been some major prayer concerns of people asking for prayer. There's been uh, situations where people just needed advice and wisdom. And mm-hmm. I mean, between the two of us with Mr. Pros and myself, we've got 35 years worth of ministry experience. And so we've said to you oftentimes, like, you know, we may not always have the answers to what you're going through, but we probably know somebody who might be able to get some advice. And so thanks for trusting us with those. And so many times we just can't fully in, uh, share everything that we need to in a DM. And so we'll take certain questions and we'll bring them here to the podcast. And so Mr. Probs, what are we talking about today? DM question this week is what, what does it look like um, when you transition from being a volunteer or a lay leader in the ministry uh, to being becoming the full-time staff member or the pastor over that ministry? What does that transition look like? Yeah. And I think that's a really good question uh, because I, I experienced that. Um, I went from being a, uh, the assistant to the worship pastor uh, to actually being a pastor on staff and going from being on an organizational chart, support staff level to actual pastoral level. And what that transition was like was, you know, I was very, very excited going into it, you know, because I had, I've shared my story. Like I felt my calling into ministry 20 years prior, and it felt like this long journey that God took me on to get me there. I went to school for ministry. I have a degree in transformational Christian ministry. Like, oh. so I did all the right things to start getting ready for it. Um, but it was, it was harder than I probably could have ever anticipated. There were many things that, we just didn't cover in school that I'm suddenly having to deal with. There were, I think one of the things that I don't know that I was super prepared for in ministry and what that transition is like, ministry is very lonely. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you experienced that Mr. Prowse, but like many of like my friend group, it was interesting. Once I finally took on the, the mantle and had the title of pastor, you know, maybe some of them that maybe, didn't maybe live as deep of a relationship, but we, you know, we were really close friends. They, I don't know if they felt conviction being around me because now I'm a pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you start having to be very careful with who you're talking and processing work stuff with um, because you got to be so careful as a pastor, not to share behind closed door stuff that could affect maybe somebody else's attitude towards the church. And so, um, yeah, you just, they don't prepare you for, how lonely it can feel. And so like, it's not necessarily, it's not a, a bad thing. It's just something they don't prepare you on how to like, these are the types of people that you need to look for that you can process ministry with, mm. um, you know, find some people outside of your situation, um, you know, build a relationship with the pastors that you serve with, or, or maybe there's, you know, not many of you. It's just that, that was something that really caught me. And then the other thing was, look, here's the deal. We all, we all, we can all be uh, uh, transparent here. We just read our prayer concerns. Like many times as a pastor, you will feel like you garner more respect and authority in the secular world than you actually will in the church. People just for whatever reason, church people just don't treat pastors sometimes with the respect and authority that I think is placed upon them out of scripture. And so learning how to deal with people, how to love people, because here's the, here's the thing, man, when you become a pastor, everybody's watching you. They're watching what you're doing. They're watching how you lead. They're watching how you treat people. Are, are you hearing people, you know? And so like, 
it takes a little while to get used to that mantle of leadership and the responsibility that comes with the fact that like everybody's watching at all times and trying to um, deal lovingly with people that sometimes aren't being very loving with you. And so um, I think some of the things that I found in the transition were I found people outside of the church context that I could uh, lean on. Um, I asked to spend a lot of time with my senior pastor. Um, and, and so we would do like monthly lunches and help me understand making this transition. If you're seeing things like in me that maybe you want to correct, like open doors to like speak into that. Um, and then spending a lot of time getting comfortable in who I am in Jesus Christ. Mm, mm, mm. It is, it is borderline impossible. I think to be a successful pastor in ministry and not be able to fully live out your identity in him. Because if your identity is in people pleasing or people telling you how good you are or or any of that kind of stuff, like ministry will chew you up and spit you out. You've got to be just so confident in a, your calling and b who, who God says you are. If you can stay confident in those things, it helps you get through when times are tough. And so um, I know here's the thing. I don't, I'm, I don't want to like make it sound like being a pastor is the worst terrible thing ever. It's really not. Um, those moments where you're maybe in a hospital room and you're with a family. You know, recently I was uh, with one of my volunteers as his, his dad passed away in hospice house and being there for the family. And like, I was the first person he hugged after his dad passed. You know, like those moments are incredible. Or when you're doing maybe some one-on-one discipleship with somebody and, and somebody comes in. And so uh, one of the things that long year teaches is soap journaling. And so I was teaching it to a college kid that I was doing some one-on-one discipleship with. And when he came in, it was like, Jeremy, this is what God was showing me in my time. And I would eat, like those moments. It's amazing. And so it's like ministry is like this glorious burden. I don't know if that's a good way to put it, but that's like a great way to put it. There are times it's tough, but it's also, I think the most rewarding thing you will ever do in your life. Yeah, I would agree. That's those are great. Uh, that's great counsel, Jer. Um, you're great. You're great. You're great. Name the cereal. Raise your expectations. What? <laughs> Name the cereal. Uh, I would go with um, Frosted Flakes. Yep. There you go. There you go. Uh, so, okay, two words that I would say are important words for this uh, someone making this transition. Uh, the first word is expectations. Um, you are going to notice uh, a different weight of expectation that comes from the congregation when you make this transition. Um, and man, you know, managing those expectations is uh, is just a skill that you will you will develop over time. Um, don't be overwhelmed by it. Uh, talk to people about it. Process it, like Jeremy said. Um, the other, the other word I would say uh, is boundaries. Oh, that's a good one. Boundaries, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend uh, some reading here, which you don't hear me do very often. Uh, Doctor Henry Cloud uh, is a is a guy who teaches on leadership. He's a leadership consulting. He's a clinical psychologist. Uh, there are two books. He's a Christian. Uh, there are two books that he has written. One is uh, Boundaries for Leaders. Boundaries for Leaders. Uh, that was in the uh, top five CEO recommended leadership books uh, to be read. And then there's another book of his 
um, that is just called boundaries. When to say yes, how to say no to take control of your life. Um, saying yes and no is um, part of life, but in I don't, in ministry, it's it's just different, you know. Pe- yeah. People aren't looking for no from their pastor. Um, I, hey, right. I have this idea. I feel like God gave it to me, and and I'm not just presenting it to you to consider. You need to do this. Um, you know. Yep do some reading, some learning about boundaries. And you can do it in a very nice, in a very tactful way, but you don't always have to say yes. That's right. To everything. Now, there are there are obvious if your boss is asking you to do something, <laughs> you probably and it's not a you know against the the rules of the Bible or uh it's not an ethical your boss asking you to do something probably you'd say yes. We're talking about um just finding ways to have healthy boundaries in your professional life, which is, is necessary. So those are, those are two books I would, uh, I would highly recommend by Dr. Henry cloud. So I have two more, uh, that I'd like to throw in there too, that have been really instrumental. Number one is the book integrity by mm-hmm. Dr. Cloud. He's such a beast. Man. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's, he's good. And then I'm going to recommend a book. It's, it's going to be, not your most favorite read that you've ever read. It's called Biblical Eldership by Alexander Strau. Um, I don't know. It's a very deep exegetical dive into Timothy and Titus, what it really means to be a pastor and what it means to put on the mantle of leadership as a pastor. I hit when I read it, I've never been more convicted. I've never been more encouraged, but it, it gave me for what I believe just a, a true understanding of why Paul over and over says, if you can do anything else, go do it. Go do it. That's exactly You know, because um, exactly things to keep in mind, scripture talks about a double portion of judgment on mm-hmm. those that, that lead and teach. And, you know, like you got it, that stuff is serious. And I think the Lord takes it seriously. Mm-hmm. So, um, just know, man, if you're if you're ever making that transition and, and you need prayer, you know, hit us up in our DMs. We'd love to pray for you and be there and be your cheerleaders. And um, again, I know we make it sound rough, but like there are things that you'll experience as a pastor that no other person gets to in any other profession. Mm-hmm. And th- those moments will always outshadow all of the bad. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And look, this whole account is is based on some of the bad. That's why I started it <laughs> to begin with, right? But we you learn to laugh. You've got you'll you'll learn laughter is is truly great medicine and will help you along the way. That's right. So yeah, that's why we're here. One of the reasons we're here. You know another reason why we're here? I'm I am I cannot tell you how excited I am about this. Uh we are so excited for you guys. Hey, here we go with episode one with our new friend, Kim Walker-Smith. Well, the Worship Leader Problems Podcast is so excited to have Kim Walker-Smith with us. Kim, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So funny, quick quick story going into this. So I was um, doing my research before the show and I, I didn't know, is it just Kim Walker? Is it Kim Walker-Smith? Is it Kim Smith? So I was texting with Chris McClarney and I was like, bro, how do I address her? Is it Or is it just like your majesty? I don't know. And he, he writes back, <laughs> And he goes, please just make sure and call her boss lady. Cause that's what we all call her. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
too. They do. They call me boss lady. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. That's so <laughs> awesome. So Chris, so that awesome. one's for you. We're, we're sitting here with boss lady or also known as Kim Walker Smith. That's right. That's the hashtag for this episode. Hashtag boss, <laughs> lady. <laughs> boss lady. I love it. <laughs> well, Kim, thank you so much uh, for taking time to come on the show with us. And uh, uh, when we were making like a list of all the people we would really like to have on, like you were on the list, Chris was on the list, Paul Balash. And so this is just like another cool God moment. And so I'm just excited to see what God might want to do with it. So, so fun. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, and we were telling Kim before we hit record that we were at the Jesus culture show in Fort Wayne back in the fall. And there were so many things that just impacted me so incredibly a powerful night with the Lord, unbelievable worship, the quality of the music we've talked on the podcast numerous times, easily, one of the best audio mixes I've ever heard at a live uh, music event of any kind. And my wife turned to me at the end and said, <laughs> her calves have to be on fire <laughs> after jumping and dancing. I don't, I don't know how you, you did it. <laughs> I don't know either, but you know, Man. I've got three kids under the age of five, so I've got to like keep up with them. You're you know? used to, you're a superhero. Yeah. I'm, I'm used to the high energy. So that's awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's so cool. I'm, I'm going to be sure and tell Daniel what you said about his mix. Daniel, oh. our, our friend of house guy, he's amazing. It was yeah. impeccable. I mean, it was, it was, in, it, we both were looking at each other going, dude, it's like, so it's loud enough. It's not too loud. You can hear every detail crystal clear. It was, it was fantastic. And what was cool. Like, we're okay. Let's be honest. We're all church people here, right? Yeah. We all yeah. serve in the churches. Everybody that listens to this serves in churches. You can't go to another church and, Oh, I would have done this or done that. And it was like, literally, it was like, huh, I can actually walk <laughs> away was, going, yeah. I wouldn't change a thing. This is fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, <we'll> be proud. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, um, I just gotta say, I was, Jesus culture's music like literally got me to stop listening to secular music in the first place, like 12 years ago. Wow. I had, f I found uh, y'all doing your love never fails. Yeah. And I was like, this is what Christian music sounds like. I had no clue. And then I found, uh, I forget which one, maybe consumed that album. Yep. And mm -hmm. I wore that joker out. And literally since then, I 95% of what I listen to is worship music now. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. You guys were such like trailblazers, you know? Absolutely, man. Gosh. I, I've heard that. I didn't know that we were, but now I'm oh. hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> <This is> awesome. <laughs> well, and you've pro you probably hear this all the time, but the the one of the things that just amazes me about your gift is how uh, the little nuances of your voice communicate so much uh, as you're leading and singing um it it is it is just an unbelievable gift from god so thank you thanks for you for using it and i'm i may steal some thunder from later in the interview but you you weren't a worship leader when jesus culture started no i was a banker what? <laughs> and you and you planned you planned the social events. I did. 
That was my um, my job, uh, helping out with the youth group. I I was our social events director, and I I planned all of our you know youth group parties, youth group camp, you know, all that kind of stuff. All the trips we did with the teenagers, I planned all of that that stuff for everybody. Yeah. And one day they just said, "Hey, can you hop in and help out?" Yeah, it was kind of random. I, um. I, the, the worship pastor at the church, he had asked me if I, he walked by me one day, it was a total God thing, but he, he walked by and he said, do you want to sing? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, go look at the schedule for the school, the school ministry, uh, which I was a part of. And he said, um, look to see when I'm leading next. And um, they had the schedule posted up on this wall. And, and um, he said, you can just sing background vocals with me, which I knew was just God because I don't know a worship leader who would go up to someone they don't know and have never heard sing before and say, Hey, want to jump on this stage with me and sing background vocals? That's crazy. And um, I went and looked at the schedule and the next time that he was scheduled was my birthday day of. And I felt like it was just like this special gift from Jesus. And then I was just singing background vocals, just randomly, like in the school, um, then I started, they needed someone to like teach teenage girls how to sing. And it was like, well, I could maybe, maybe do that. And so in the youth group, I was helping teenage girls learn how to sing on the youth worship team. And then it was, can you sing background vocals on Sunday morning? And then it was, can you lead a song? And the very first song I ever led, uh, it was horrible. And I messed up. And I burst into tears oh, no. on stage. Oh, no. Middle of the song, I ran off stage. I just left oh. everyone. I left the band. I left them all just there playing oh, no. song still. And I just ran off. That was it. And oh, I, was like, no. I swore I'd never do it again because I thought this is not for me. And um, and then, I don't know. It just, it it grew. And Banning asked me to to lead um, for one of our, our Jesus Culture conferences. And um, I agreed to that. And we recorded, but we were like three albums in and I was working as a banker and Banning was like, so I would take like vacation days to go do like Jesus culture conferences and stuff. And he was like, Kim, can you just come into ministry full time? And I was like, how is that going to pay my bills? And uh, (laughs) I really felt the Lord challenging me. Like, is, is the job your provider or am I your provider? And so it felt like honestly a huge leap of faith for me, um, to leave my job and to go into ministry full time. And, uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. Wow. Wow. So worship leaders out there, (laughs) be very mindful that the person who's like helping your kids and planning your trips (laughs) could like have straight fire coming out of the vocal cords. So yeah, be aware. It's like when Michael Jordan got cut from his sophomore year. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh basketball in high school. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the other thing. I I auditioned for the worship team at my college as a background singer and I didn't make the team. Wow. So there was that. And I got kicked out of choir in high school my freshman year and it was never allowed back in. So oh. yeah. So for, I for, I tried. I tried to do music when I was younger, but it never worked. Oh, Oh my gosh. Gosh, can you imagine like you're 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 that person who who kicked Kim Walker Smith out of choir and you're like in a Christian bookstore somewhere and you you you're thumbing through the CDs and you're like Oh man. I laid, I laid an egg there. 
Dude, I love you so much, but you literally just showed your age so much in a Christian bookstore thumbing through the CDs. Come on, man. Bro, people haven't done that in like 10 years. There's a crack about age already. (laughs) So what was it like coming out of the banking world and Mm -hmm. jumping in with Jesus culture and doing all this? And then like, in some ways, I don't know, you call it like almost like a meteoric rise to what you guys are now. Like I remember as a kid when, when my family owned a, uh, a company that manufactured ice cream scoops, like yeah. my grandfather, it like bought it from the man that invented the ice cream scoops. And so like when we moved from Ohio to Florida, the company was like three or $400,000 a year company. We signed a contract with a company and all of a sudden we're a $4 million a year com- company. And wow. just like, what life was like trying to catch up with the growth, you know, like, did you guys experience that with Jesus culture? We did. Yeah. Um, it was probably a little later though. Cause honestly, um, I was, I was so focused on the Lord and my relationship with him. I know that sounds like super spiritual, except that like, I really was, I, I wasn't, there was no, nothing in me that was like trying to make a plan or like had a goal of like, this is what I want to do with my life or yeah. I record albums or I want to, I just wasn't thinking that way. I, I had um, just walked through so much like inner healing and uh, I was kind of on this journey of really trying to be the best version of myself and live as a whole and healed person. And so I was just very focused on the Lord and my relationship with him. And it's kind of like, um, you know, in Proverbs, it says man makes his plans, but the Lord aligns his steps. And I feel like that's like what I was living out. So like, I'm just so focused on Jesus, but as I'm like focused on him and moving towards him, he was just laying the steps in front of me. It was kind of like one day I just looked around and went, holy cow, how did I get here? And it, it wasn't really until people started asking me like, how did you get here? Or did you plan this? That I suddenly realized, oh, I, I didn't realize I was here. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I honestly was not really thinking about it or really paying attention. It just kind of happened in the pursuit. And then there, there did come a point later. It was right before we, um, it was right before we moved to Sacramento and planted a church and kind of in that first year where we felt like we really pulled back the reins a bit because we felt like the external world had grown faster than what our internal world could keep up with. So at oh, that wow. point is when we really pulled back a lot and um, we're kind of waiting for everything internally to catch up to everything wow. happening on the outside. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Cause it all just kind of happened. That wasn't necessarily a plan, but it just happened. Well, well, and that's, that's an it, that's yeah, and that's an interesting thought, like back to all of our worship leader friends and production guys, like we're always praying for our churches, like God, increase them, grow them. Mm-hmm. But like, are we doing the necessary work with our souls now mm-hmm. to be prepared for the, for the growth? Or if the growth comes, is it going to outgrow where you are spiritually? Right. You know? That's interesting. Yeah. And I, well, and I think, uh, that happens to a lot of a lot of people who experience um, growth or a platform growth or whatever bands or groups, whatever you want to say. I think that a lot of people have actually experienced that, where your external world, you know, your your gift can and your talent can make room for you and push you out further than what really maybe what you're ready for on the inside um, than yep. what you can handle maybe on the inside, which is. Yeah. 
why we do have some of the sad stories of people who kind of crumble underneath the weight of that or fall into sin or, you know, whatever it is. We, we have those stories too, but I think a lot of times that was just um, that internal world wasn't quite ready to sustain everything that was happening on the outside. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Well, Mr. Probs, we're kind of already started a little bit, but do you want to jump into the Frank Five? Absolutely, man. Sound good? Absolutely. So, so can we have five questions we ask everybody who we interview? And so we call them the Frank Five because it's just, we want you to be as honest as you feel like you're open with. Uh, we shared the McClarney story with you yeah. before you got on. <laughs> um, you know, like, um, so it just as, as open as you would want to get. And so, Mr. Probs, you got first question. Okay. So you've talked a little bit about, you know, transitioning from, I'm still, I'm still stuck on being a banker and like planning trips <laughs> and events for the youth group. And now you're Kim Walker Smith. So, so <laughs> you, you've talked a little bit about that. And I know that this year you came out with a book, yeah, uh, your book, Brave Surrender. And that is you unpacking parts of your story that you've never unpacked before. So, yeah. um, can you maybe walk us through a little bit of that story and how that readied you for for what you're doing now with Jesus culture? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I just, I shared my story super vulnerably in, in the book. That was the first time I've ever shared it publicly. Um, I, I think a wow. lot of people kind of assumed uh, as a worship leader that maybe I grew up in, in church and singing or whatever, but I, I didn't. Um, my parents divorced when I was uh, four. And, um, I had three stepfathers after that, um, two of which were really abusive. And, um, we, we went to church, uh, Sometimes in, in my head as a kid, my understanding of church was that if you're a good person, you go to church, but it's more of a ritual. I didn't quite have an understanding that you could have a relationship with God or that it was kind of this real thing that could be a part of your life. And um, I, I had kind of had different, you know, Easter Sunday, I was with my grandparents and would see Jesus, you know, the, the Easter musical. And I'd cry and say, what are they doing to that man? And be really upset. And didn't quite understand who it was. Um, when I was 11, my mom sent me to a what was it, Pentecostal church camp. I didn't even know what Pentecostal, I don't know if I still know what Pentecostal is exactly, but Pentecostal. <laughs> and um, I, that's where I first experienced uh, the Holy Spirit and uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the, the Sunday after that camp, um, I asked my mom to take me to, to the church that had, had that camp. And during worship, I just felt this, I felt compelled to go up to the front and to worship. I was so, um, this encounter that I'd had with Holy Spirit, I felt like God was saying that he loved me. And it was such a huge deal for me as an 11 year old. And I didn't know church rules. I didn't know uh, what was okay or not or whatever. And um, I, I didn't know the songs. So it, when worship started, I just started singing in tongues and just worshiping, just pouring my heart out to Jesus. I just felt all this gratitude and, and love. And I just felt compelled to do something. And um, this woman came and put her hands on my shoulders and walked me over and sat me down. And that moment, um, I just shut everything down. I felt ashamed and embarrassed as a little kid. I didn't understand why I couldn't do that. And I think 
they were just trying to transition to the next thing, you know, <laughs> like the, the speaker wanted to come speak or whatever. <laughs> but as a kid, I couldn't comprehend. And anyway, so it wasn't until I was 18 and um, I decided to give my life to Jesus when I was 18. I actually, sorry, this is probably kind of serious, but I, mm. I tried to kill my, myself. And um, it was just at the end, I grew abuse. I had so much anger. I had so much hurt, so many wounds. And I, I didn't see any other way out. I tried to kill myself when I woke up um, and I was still alive. I gave my life to Jesus right then and there and said, I would never look back. And I didn't. Mm. And um, wow. that began wow. A, wow. a journey for me of inner healing. And I went through a lot of counseling, a lot of therapy. And um, yeah, I, there wasn't, like I said, singing, my whole family is musical. They all sing. I did musical theater as a kid. Um, I liked singing, but it wasn't ever something I, I took seriously or thought, yeah. this is what I'll do when I grew up. So it wasn't until I was an adult and um, just pursuing God and growing my relationship with him that he just led me. Uh, into this, into what I'm doing. So that's kind of the short abbreviated um, version of, of my, my book and everything I put, put in there. Well, so. And they can get your book at jesusculture.com. Yep. 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 So make sure you look for that. Uh, Kim's uh, brand new book called Brave Surrender at jesusculture.com. Make sure you pick so, up a copy of that. So what, can, since you've been through this, and it it would in a lot of ways, you know. I'm sure there's maybe still times you struggle and things like that. But like you found a lot of freedom, you know. Yes. If somebody is in that dark pit, what would be some first steps that maybe you would share with them about how? Because I think we don't talk enough about anxiety, yeah. depression, yeah. and all of these things. Yeah. And so, and as as worship and tech, you know, we don't always get the most compliments. We always hear when things are wrong and you're working so hard, you know. And so you start yeah. to internalize all that. So like. What would be some steps you would suggest? Yeah. Well, one of the first things I would say is um, get some help. Like whether that's, you know, a counselor within the church or outside of the church. I just think sometimes, especially if you're in a really dark place, um, sometimes it's it's hard to try to sort through that stuff on your own. Sometimes yeah. you need that outside voice to say, hey, that lie, that's a lie that you're believing right now. Like we don't always mm -hmm. recognize mm -hmm. that all the time, that's you right. know? So um, I think the church doesn't, sometimes, sometimes I personally feel like the church just expects it to be like, you know, just take it to Jesus and it's all good. Like we, there needs to be some more conversations about actually getting help and that, that it's really wise and actually really okay to go and seek help from people. That's right. And there's a lot of um, God loving and God fearing counselors, psychologists, therapists out there who work with, uh, with the leading and prompting of Holy spirit. You know, it's not all weird. That's right. <laughs> and oh, yeah. is both of those things. So the first thing I would say is like, get, get help. And then the next thing I would say is, um, it's going to require some vulnerability and some, Ooh. you know, you can't, you can't really get free of, of things until you're willing to acknowledge those things and bring them to the light. And um, sometimes I think one of the biggest things that keeps us from doing that is the voice of shame. And um, so I, my prayer is always just that the voice of shame would be silenced and that we would be able to step out into the light and allow God to come in. You know, sometimes uh, the mess that we're in is 
sometimes it's a mess we made. <laughs> sometimes yeah, we, yeah. we made choices <laughs> that put yeah. us in that mess. Yeah, and so That's we, right. think we don't deserve the help. Like we're just punishing ourselves. Like we've got to figure this out on our own. And the whole yeah. time Jesus is standing there knocking and saying, let me in. I, I actually want to be in that mess with you and I want to help mm. you get out of mm. that. And, um, and we just somehow take it on ourselves like we have to be our own savior (laughs) but Mm -hmm. we can't and we aren't and that's why we have a savior because he's ready to jump in that mess um, and save us and help us and and lead us out of it and so if anyone is in that i that's what i would encourage them with i would encourage them to just be vocal and tell shame to be quiet and to invite jesus into the mess and um, to be vulnerable. And there's no step-by-step process to being vulnerable and facing that stuff. You just have to do That's it. Right. You just have That's to right. like put it out there and just face it head on. So what's crazy is like, we hold on to those things and we won't share them. We won't share them. And it's sometimes like the picture I get is like Jesus standing there going, you don't realize I died for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I laid down my life because I knew you were going to do that, but we're always like, Oh, he'll never forgive me. And we can't, you know, like, and he's just like, just give it to me. I, yeah. I, you know? Yeah. He's just mm-hmm. waiting, waiting for the, waiting. the surrender, the moment when we That's say, right. yes, come in, help me. That's right. mm-hmm. So yeah. there's a great, I've, I've done a little bit of research on this, like confession in those moments where you're willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So there's like these ridges within your brain that as the neurons go over them, it defines like who you are and your identity and things like that. So when you actually confess with your mouth, anything, whatever it is that you've done wrong, when your when your brain hears it, it actually reforms the these these ridges inside of your brain and literally reprograms you. So when we confess our sins and actually say it out loud, it yeah. literally is changing physiologically what our brain's thinking. That's amazing. It's unbelievable. That's amazing. I love that. Absolutely. That's awesome. Tell me there's no God. Right. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So this is going to be a little bit more of a lighthearted question. Okay. And it's an, it's a new one that I found for, for, for you. Okay. So if five-year-old Kim Walker could inhabit current Kim Walker Smith's body, what is the first thing that five-year-old Kim Walker would want to go do? Oh, probably play with Barbie dolls. (laughs) That's probably the first thing. Oh man, I loved Barbie dolls, especially at five years old, but I didn't have very many of them. And I distinctly remember this neighbor girl of mine. She lived about three houses down and she was the only girl in her family. And she had every Barbie doll imaginable. And she had the dream house. She had the Corvette. She had everything. And I was so jealous. I wanted so bad. And (laughs) one day I went to her house and got to play with Barbie dolls with her. And she said, and this is so, I don't know what, this just popped my head. It's really funny. But she said, "Um, my daddy just bought me some new Barbie doll furniture. So you can have my old furniture if you want. And I was just like, oh, I feel like I'd hit the jackpot. Score. And, and the old Barbie doll furniture she gave me, it was this um, brown shag Barbie doll couches. And yeah. I was so excited. And and so I awesome. took those home and played with them like crazy. I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. Um, so yeah, it, it, that and and probably um, five-year-old Kim. Five-year-old Kim was, was into uh, uh, anything um, shiny and pretty and you know just all the girly stuff one time um at about five years old 
my mom, I was right on the bottom of the cart at the store and I saw these really shiny things down on a bottom shelf. I didn't know what they were, but I wanted them because they were shiny. And I asked my mom if I could have them and she said no. And I thought, well, I could just put this in my pocket and then just have it. And I stuck it in my pocket and got home and we got home. I pulled them out and they were, they were nail clippers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and metal nail, nail clippers. I don't know what they were, but I just, they're shiny. And when we got home, I pulled them out of my pocket and I said, mama, look what I got. And I got in so much trouble. I got a spanking. I'd go back to the store and return them to the people and tell them that I stole them. Oh my gosh. You're like <laughs> a niffler. <laughs> yeah. It's it it very bad. Yeah. That's oh, amazing. that's fantastic. When I was a kid, I walked like seven blocks to the grocery store and I was probably five and I had a pocket full of monopoly money. And so I just went through the store, <laughs> take grabbing everything I wanted to buy. And I went up to the register and tried to pay for it. And they called my mom and she had to come and get me. And it was, That's I, hilarious. I had a similar, similar That's really precious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine once five, five-year-old Kim left and you opened up your bank account? <laughs> Like, what is all this Barbies and <laughs> jewelry? And- yeah, right. You guys remember Squeeze It? I don't yes. Know yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. Back when I was a kid, when they first came out, they sold them individually. And this little market down on the corner would sell them for 99 cents. And me and my sister would save up pennies till we had. 99 pennies and we'd walk down there and buy squeeze it with, with oh pennies gosh. and the lady whenever she saw us walk in she just instantly start laughing because she knew she was about to get <laughs> so many pennies from two little girls that just wanted to squeeze it oh, oh that's my fantastic, gosh man that's fantastic um wow, wow. she's uh she's right? incredible she is incredible and you know you 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 hear that sometimes our next guest needs no introduction Kim yeah. Walker, Kim Walker Smith, truly needed no introduction. I mean, we've all uh, listened, we've all been touched. I'm sure by just the gift that God poured into her. It's almost she's almost like if Thor was a Christian female <laughs> singer, right? Like yeah, when 100%. she when she rears back and goes for it, you can see her like reaching for the hammer. That's right. Do you know the hammer's name? Hammer time. No. <laughs> Mjolnir. What? Mjolnir. <laughs> are, you, are you pulling my leg? No. Do you know what his axe is? What about the axe? Do you know, remember that? Storm you just seen that. chaser. <gasps> Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. Storm so you have Stormbreaker or Mjolnir? Stormbreaker is probably a better name. Yeah, I would think so. Rolls too. off the tongue a little easier. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 31 of the Worship Leader Problems podcast. Don't forget, we need your help. Like, share, subscribe, five-star ratings. Anything else would be uncivilized. Um, We also need you guys to send us your MVPs. So you can go to info at worshipleaderprobs.com and send us your MVPs or go to www.worshipleaderprobs.com. Click on the MVP tab and fill out the form. Guys, we're thankful for you. We love you. And until next time, see ya. Do soon.